for me to get back yeah. now now lean back <laughs> but hey welcome back to bros of murder i think we're like almost balls deep into the season dolls beep yeah we're not quite there this is like episode three yeah but i think like it's like six for us we recorded but hey uh this week i am brooke thompson from breaking Play- up apparently yeah from Bra- what Oh yeah, you're cutting out hard. Yeah. So everyone, for us, we record our audio separately, and Andre is straight tripping right now. How, like, how, is it better now? <laughs> I can't hear anything that he's saying. Mm, or excuse me, Brooke Thompson is tripping out. <laughs> All right, is that better? Uh, I could. I think I could hear you now. Robert, is that better? Yes. Now I can hear you. Okay. I don't know what what happened. But yeah, this week I'm Brooke Thompson from ba- from uh, Flavor of Love. Almost said Bad Girls Club because Robert confused me with Bad Girls yeah. Club earlier. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Bad Girls Club. I, I am Battle, a.k.a. New York, about to spit in someone's face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Robert. This week I'm a, I'm, I'm a cured egg yolk. An egg yolk left in some salt, gets all hard. Like me. Spread it over some pasta. It's delicious. There you go. <laughs> I've never had that before. That sounds pretty delicious, though. That's high in sodium. I, I, I oh, very much so. But if you don't like too too much salt in your pasta, and like it, like kind of melts like cheese almost. It's weird. Is it good? I've never tried it. I would definitely. Yeah, I just made it for the first time, and me and my my partner really loved it. Nice. Wait, so you just cracked an egg open and put salt in it? So you make like a bed of salt, and you make a little divot in it, and then you separate the egg yolk out of egg white. Okay. Then. Uh, you put the egg yolk into the divot and then you cover it up with salt again and you leave it for a few days and it sucks out all the moisture and you get this like little salt puck that you wash off in the sink and you're left with just the yolk. That's pretty dope. I would definitely try it. Yeah. And in the salt mix that you make, throw in whatever spices you want and it'll absorb some of the flavor. Ooh, la la. Yeah, we did like a chili powder and garlic powder thing. Chef's kiss. But this episode is all about Conspiracy. 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 See you guys for the <laughs> put the vocal back. You don't have to edit. Anything. I don't have to yeah, no. <laughs> so Battle, you said you want to go second because yours is very long. That's what she yeah. said. Oh, it's longer, yeah. Yeah. Slonger. <laughs> it's not about penises, don't worry everyone. Damn it. Mine's a little about penises. Is it? Yay. Uh, allegedly. Potentially. <laughs> It's unclear. Allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> okay. so yeah, I'll go first. And mine is about Nipsey Hussle, the rapper. Yeah. And the weird conspiracies, the weird Hotep conspiracies surrounding his death. Well, murder. Yo, Let's uh, get into it. It's time for us to start talking the real, man. We've been sugarcoating too much. We've got to start calling everything out for what it is. Start talking the real. Yes, you're going to have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep it real. Just keep talking that real, bro. Do what you do. I know what you do, so keep doing that. Talk the real. 
The GP will see you now. Look, I don't wanna cause no problems. Mm-hmm. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Yeah. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, nah. but you know when you see imposters. <laughs> we know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk, but around here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant. Hey, I seen it all before I heard chat that they all adore. One week, looking like they all aboard. Next day, they don't even walk the walk. I'm now, Nipsey Hussle was an American rapper, an activist, and an entrepreneur. He was known not only known for his music, but his entrepreneurship. He had a clothing store, founded with one of his friends, and he also gave a lot back to his community. He wanted to focus on giving back solutions and inspiration to young black men like himself. He was against gun violence, like actually denounced it in his music, his influence in his community work, which makes his murder that much more fucked up. Funded improvements to his neighborhood, his school, well, the schools in his neighborhood, and spent time with students, also participating in panels about growing up in the area and, and being influenced by gang culture, which like a lot of young black men deal with, especially like in low-income areas. Yeah. It's people make it seem like it's easy to, you know, pull your fucking bootstraps up and get a good job. But if you if you grow up in like that kind of area, it's I hate that expression so much. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps is so dumb. It's, it's such a bad expression. Yeah, and it's it's so easy to fall into those like crowds and pitfalls, especially when like it's all you have and right all you know. I I hate I hate when people say everyone has the same opportunity, and it's like uh no the they fuck don't. they don't like it's not no. Like I it's I live in New Jersey and like look at me and my cousins just being a state away our lives are completely different just based on the area that we grew up in. Like it's just simple as that. I didn't know that about Nipsey Hustle though. I never heard about his like community involvement. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people really don't know about it. You know, a lot of his work mainly focused on uh, Crenshaw in California, which is also a weird reference to Flavor of Love because in season two. <laughs> there is a woman who got into a fight and said after she beat up the chick said that she's from Crenshaw and that just became a meme and I would never forget that <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that I'm gonna send it to you like she literally she beat up this girl over like who gets to have the bed like beat the girl up and the which girl which girl was it? I think her name was Smiley I remember this is season Smiley two. Smiley was a bad bitch I think Smiley was one of my favorite people she had really big eyes too so she beat her up, and as she's like, the girl's sitting there crying. The other group beat her up, is like, praise the, please God help me not beat this bitch ass again. <laughs> right in front of the poor girl. <laughs> and I was like, that's a move. That's a fucking move. <laughs> My Lord, save this bitch from me. <laughs> okay, so back to that. So he mainly focused on improving Crenshaw because through his experience and his life, there's a lot of people in an area who would benefit from communal workshops and help like that. He really wanted to give back to the youth and also provided money for science, technology, and mathematics mathematic classes at a center there. So he really was just, you know, giving back as much as he can. Then I get to his murder. On March 31st, 2019, Hustle was shot at least 10 times in a parking lot of a store. The store being Marathon Clothing in Los Angeles. The gunshot wounds included a shot to his right chest, a shot that entered into his abdomen near his navel, which severed his spine, a gunshot wound to his right side of his back that penetrated his chest and stuck into his lung, and a gunshot wound that entered the back, like, top part of his scalp. 
Uh, two others were wounded in the shooting. Jeez. Yeah, all together, there were three victims, and they all got transported to the hospital. And Hustle was the only one who died. He died at 33 at 3.55 p.m. in the afternoon. So now the rapper GBO Gitson claimed that he was the one who killed Nipsey. He did this on Instagram Live like any other fucking rap motherfucker out here. Like, I'm tired of these people capping on Instagram. Like, you tell them to yourselves. <laughs> if you committed a crime, leave it on social media. Right? And who watches Instagram lives? I literally, I don't know any person people who watches do. people's I lives. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. I don't find it entertaining. <laughs> it's all cops. They're all just waiting for people to... tell themselves, yeah. Yeah. Like that, cat, like that fucking senator who... St- Storm DC and live streamed on Facebook and like said his name. It was like Derek something. <laughs> like one of the Paul brothers breaking into that mall and video yeah. typing himself. Like, 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 you're just telling like, yourself. What are you doing? Who raised Stop these motherfuckers, it. honestly? Why? Why are you like this? So he went to go cap on Instagram Live, tell it on himself. And before the suspected perpetrator was arrested, police had already identified 29 year old Eric Ronald uh, Holder Jr. as the suspect. Don't know why this other motherfucker was on Instagram capping, maybe to protect his friend. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, investigators believe that Eric Holder was a suspect, was also known as a rapper at the time. And the shooting was probably, as they first thought, motivated by just personal vendettas and beef. It was just that. So now on April 2nd, 2019, Holder was arrested by the LA Police Department and was being held in solitary confinement for his own protection against the other people in a prison who like made threats against him because he shot Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> it's like, right. Nipsey Hussle was giving so much back so much in LA, <laughs> people gonna have beef with you over that. On May 9th, a grand jury indicted Holder on one count of murder and two counts of attempted murder and assault with a firearm and one count of possession of a firearm by a felon because he already had a record. And on February 9th, 2020, Judge Robert Perry said that he hoped to begin the murder trial by early April and things got kind of held up because of the whole coronavirus thing. But so now Hutzel was buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Southern California, and his brother was appointed the primary administrator, administrator of his estate and controls everything. So now, while all this is happening in the courts and stuff like that, on the streets, people started talking about how the government plotted to kill Nipsey Hussle because of his beliefs in a certain doctor. Now these were unfounded accusations, but it spread on Twitter and fucking Instagram like wildfire. But then the theory was that the government executed Nipsey Hussle to silence his upcoming docu- documentary on Dr. Sabai. Do you know about him battle? No, I don't. Robert, Who was you know? he? Uh, yeah, I've heard about him. <laughs> So, he's just, it's he's, weird. He's King Hotep. He's King Hotep. So now he is a <laughs> <laughs> he is a Honduran herbalist named Alfredo Bowman, who was acquitted of criminal charges in the '80s for practicing medicine without a license in New York. According to the rumors, the documentary would just go around his believed cure of AIDS and HIV, which. He is not being allowed by Big Pharma to be manufactured and get in the streets and save people. Nick Cannon also announced that he would finish Nipsey's work 
and posted photos of the doctor saying that the street, you know, the government killed <laughs> Nipsey Hussle and that he's going to protect because they want to protect the us against Big Pharma. Blah, blah. It's crazy. I mean, the part of this that like bothers me the most is it's so much is distracting from his legacy of like positive community building. Yeah, it's like all this. <laughs> I... So it continues. Uh, he claimed, well, so the doctor claims that he cured patients of AIDS and HIV with a alkaline diet, which said could regulate the body's pH and acidity levels, and that your food in- intake can change up your body's composition and fight off AIDS and HIV. He was also arrested in 2016 for money laundering. <laughs> so the man doesn't seem that trustworthy. So the, the idea that the government murdered a hip-hop artist over a herbalist documentary is pretty stupid especially because it's not founded by anything they have the guy who did it who admittedly did it <laughs> like we know who did it if the government sent out a hit squad against nipsey hustle in the middle in the afternoon at like three o'clock i think people would have seen it um maybe i say this because when i talk about my case as you're talking about this i'm just like uh, now, uh, now, granted, the government has carried out a number of like shitty but verifiable acts against powerful people. Well, not powerful people, but you know, people in the United States. Like they poison. Oh, yeah. al- government has killed a lot yeah. of black leaders, or and just people in general. Like they poison alcohol during prohibition. They covertly bring over like Nazi scientists, like the CIA's mind control experiments. Like the U.S. has done the fucked up shit. But executing Nip- Nipsey Hussle over Dr. Sabai's documentary is one conspiracy I just can't get behind. Because it's just... The, yeah, I got My you. only exposure to that guy is the videos of dudes, like, standing in the, like, grocery stores, like, picking up different vegetables and talking about, like, this will lower your pH, this will increase your <laughs> pH, and that will cure, like, X disease that you have. Your pH balance is not going to cure AIDS. I'll tell you that you right now. You need an alkaline diet. <laughs> like drinking some fucking, uh, what's it called? Fuji water isn't going to save your life <laughs> or cure any diseases. Put the smart water down. Go see an actual <laughs> doctor. <laughs> but yeah, and that's my uh, that's my conspiracy. That I do not believe it. And if you do believe it, let me know. I, I want facts. And not yeah. <laughs> Bring the facts, You're about y'all. to get a lot of like 30 minute YouTube videos. Oh, oh please! <laughs> if they haven't been taken down by YouTube police. Oh already. yeah, the, yeah. Oh yes. What's her name again? Sarah, whatever. Did it had a YouTube's quick about taking off like conspiracy things like that that could be super detrimental to normal people. Well, all not YouTube, that well, they're not normal people. Well, all YouTube is just deep fake anyway. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's my case. Well, it's great. Oh, that was a good one. I like it. I didn't know that about Nipsey Hussle either. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people just don't know about his community effort. Yeah. Like, yeah he's Who knows? It might be like Kendrick. Kendrick tried to keep all of his stuff like super hush-hush when it came to like all the money he gave to schools and stuff yeah. just because he didn't want it to be about him. But yeah. That's I didn't know Kendrick Lamar was doing that. No, he's a great, I love music. Kendrick great music. Kendrick yeah, Lamar. Love, he's love one of Kendrick my favorite. Lamar. Artists. But uh, wait, before we go on to Battle's case, let's take a small brick a brick a break. And we're back. Go ahead, Tattooed Man. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, today, 
What are you looking at? Is your cat is Hexy? Yes. Yeah, noises. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear. I didn't hear Hexy. <laughs> so, I'm going to be talking about another musical artist. I'm going to be talking about a man who made modern soul music what it is today, and they actually referred to him as the father of modern soul. So today, everyone, sit back and enjoy okay. the story. <laughs> about Sam Cooke. Born in 1931 in Clarksdale, Mississippi to Reverend Charles Cooke and Mrs. Annie Mae Cooke, Sam, Sam Cooke was one of eight children and he grew up in the 30s, so you all know what that means, right? It was racist. Oh, I was going to say tetanus. Except except. No, yeah, it was even it was more racist than it is now. Or it was more in your face. It it was more in your face. I mean I guess it's pretty in our face now, but whatever. <laughs> what the side <laughs> <laughs> These parallels aren't really working. <laughs> right? So his father was a minister and at a young age he was actually exposed to music. He would often go to different churches to sing in the choir. And his music was influential in sounding beautiful while making really good protest lyrics. So there's a lot of protests in his lyrics. He was tremendously important to the black community as he would often sing and talk about black people in white America. He was making so much headway in his career as a singer. However, of course, the KKK did not want a Negro on white television and making changes. Side note, if Negro makes you uncomfortable, you can stop listening now because... Imagine oh, you got two uppity Negroes here. <laughs> yeah, I know, because... Yeah, just deal with it. it it's uncomfortable. I also, know. shout out... Oh, my God. My, one of my favorite podcasts, Uppity Negros, who's a friend Ooh, of the I show. Like that. Yeah, nice. Hello. So... He was actually reading so much into the radic- radicalization of black people, even though, you know, it's not too radical to think about black people being treated the same way. But J. Edgar Hoover was afraid that these black men in our community was going to overtake white America. Maybe, maybe J. Edgar Hoover should have been afraid of Sam Cooke because... He was loved by everyone, and he was pretty much in every white household. He was really good at making music. Everyone loved him. One thing that I think that was really dope about Sam was that he was so huge when he was alive that he was really one of the black people that actually started to wear his hair naturally. He was the one that actually got the afro to become mainstream because prior to wearing an afro wearing black people wearing their hair naturally they had to put perms in it and get it straight to make it presentable not textured super you know and people are only just now like stopping the perm movement like 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 the natural hair movement is very much new it's really weird because we have been it's mostly like work shit too yeah a lot of people like your job your job would judge you over your hair like i remember i had to cut (laughs) my hair before my the army i was very I wasn't allowed to have dreads. <laughs> I had family. It, yeah, it's so stupid because I've had family like 
on my Filipino side that said, I don't look like an engineer with dreadlocks. And it's like, yo, things have changed. And like, it's just hair. <laughs> it's just hair. So, yeah, that happens. Well, and you don't need to look like an engineer. You are an engineer. Yeah, I'm a fucking engineer. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Fuck? Like, what does an engineer look like? It looks like me. It looks like me, bitch. Like, but yeah. So this is where things start to change for him. He was always around people like Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. A.K.A. Magneto. Malcolm X was pretty dope. But some events were truly and unfortunately life-changing for Sam Cooke. So, a year after Muhammad Ali's monumental fight, Sam Cooke and Malcolm X ended up dead. It was said because of their political statements that they were grouped... They were, sorry. It was said because of their political statements and their following that there were groups of informants that were around them all the time. And they weren't just informants. They are actually from the FBI. The FBI was watching everything that they were doing, talking about, like, everything, everything that they did. Not only was the FBI watching and listening, but the mob was as well. And so... Like, the mob? The mob, yeah. The mafia. Because the... This is where it gets into, like, the music industry. Okay. Wait, the mob was in the music industry? Oh, the, the, the mob has always been a part of the music industry. The music oh, industry that. brings in so much money, so much revenue, and that's why you have like royalties for certain songs. Like if you use songs that you're not supposed to on your content, you could get sued. But prior to Which like, is why we license all our own music. <laughs> well, that makes sense because like they owned all the clubs and stuff yeah. for a long time. So yeah, the fact sense. that they just like dovetailed right into like finding artists and producing them. And it sucks because you know Sam Cooke he recorded albums and didn't get released until after he died like the mid 80s because of controversial lines in his songs so yeah he was tired of having to not be able to produce his own music or say what he wanted in his music so he got together with other black musicians like little rich little richie little richard um and started started a recording company a producer company a booking company company all in one he wanted to give back to the black community because there are a lot of black artists that were facing the same issues they weren't able to freely speak and do what they want with their music again at this time sam was disrupting the social norms of what a black man was trying to do by starting his own music company and he was actually threatened by the mob. And the crazy thing about Sam was that whenever anyone came to talk to him, there were, like, he always kept his his main dudes around. He didn't ever say, we got to go, we got to talk separate. He was like, whatever you can say to me, you can say in front of my brothers. Like, he was, like, super transparent. And so there was a time where the mob came and talked to him about, like, the whole music thing he was like hey they're like you probably should lay back off this and like back off trying to do this and sam was like no fuck that i'm going to do it but the whole story behind his record company was pretty fucked up because it turned out that he got a really bad deal by the person that helped him create it so this dude named alan klein was a person that worked with rca when he was there when he was working with RCA and this dude 
Alan was like, hey, let's start a venture project called Tracy Limited, which was like the middle name of one of Sam's daughters. And that was the name of the company. So they end up making Sam the CEO and everything was good, or so he thought. When he, when the actual contracts came out and he read everything, it turns out Alan made himself the owner of the company. And of course, Sam was mad. He was actually going to fly to, I believe, to New York to confront Alan, but certain events the weekend before that Sam was going to fly out to confront this dude ended Sam's life. And according to the History Channel, on December 11th, 1964, Sam Cooke was found dead on the office floor of a motel called the Hacienda Motel. The murderer was found. The murderer was named Bertha Franklin. She shot him three times in the chest, and they ended up ruling the death a justifiable homicide. A very strong. This name is based for a woman, on Bertha. Bertha Franklin's story, who said that Sam had tried to rape Bertha. Yeah, she's this older, like middle-aged black woman. That it was just really weird, dude. But she says that he tried to rape rape a woman at a bar that he met uh, and brought back to his hotel room or motel room. Before we keep going, here's what other people had to say because although Sam Cooke was a womanizer as far as like he slept with a lot of women even though he was married, he wasn't ever physically abusive to anyone. Like everyone said that about he wasn't a physical a, a physical person that way. And I get it. It doesn't make him any better that he would use women for only sex. I think that's fucked up. Especially when he's married. If they don't have like an open relationship like that. But being violent wasn't the type of person that anyone said that he was. And that's according to people that knew him the most. So going back to that night. That night that he was actually murdered, the police got a random phone call from an unknown woman saying that I was kidnapped and I was almost raped. And she also said, I don't know where I am, but I'm on the payphone. The, the phone call's really weird. She's like, I don't know where I'm at, but I'm on this payphone. The police department was like, okay, we're going to get you help. Don't hang up. Stay where you are so we can trace the call or whatever. Because back in the day, you know, they couldn't just instantly say this is where they are. They had to like try to figure it out or something. But before they could even trace... And as they were asking, what your what is your name? She just hangs up the phone. And that's the end of the call. Yeah, it's really weird. So the woman that he had met supposedly was a woman named Lisa Boyer, which that is her name, Lisa Boyer. And during her testimony, because she gives a testimony too, it was really weird. It, if you could watch it, you should. It's, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called Remastered the Two Killings of Sam Cooke. And you'll see what I mean by her testimony was just really weird, uh, in my opinion. Especially around the times that this happened because there were a lot of black men getting charged with false accusations against them. And that has been brought out. And, you know, black men have either died or gone to prison for the rest of their life and died in prison. And people come out and say, yeah, I lied about that. So I think this might have happened here, but watch the documentary. 
because the woman is so strange. She was wearing sunglasses. She had like a hood on while she was in the courtroom and she had a lot of long pauses, but it wasn't like long pauses of being upset or hurt. It was just almost robotic. It sounded weird and I'm not trying to Maybe like, she was on, like, victim quaaludes. shame, whatever. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to victim shame. But, like, it's just very, 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 very robotic. And I'm sorry if that offends anyone. A crazy thing about the murder, though, was that when Lisa... Apparently, Sam pushes her on the bed and says, we're going to talk or whatever. Sam goes into the bathroom. And when Sam goes in the bathroom, she quote, and I quote, she says, I knew he was going to rape me, so I took his pants and ran. And she took his pants and threw it out of the window. The pants is important because that same night that he met Lisa, he was flashing around a shit ton of cash, about $5,000 in cash at the club that he met her at. So yeah, she took the pants and threw them out of the window coincidentally. She said she ran out of the room and when Sam came out of the bathroom because he had left her alone, he proceeds to try to chase her but couldn't get up, couldn't find her. So he goes to knock on or starts banging on the, the manager offer, office, manager's office, Bertha's office. And when the, when Bertha opens the door, apparently he attacks Bertha because she knew that he tried to rape this girl. And the manager ends up fighting back and she says she fought, fight, fought for her life and grabs a gun her gun and shoots him three times again everyone in his circles that knew him knew that they were completely thrown off because they said that this wasn't who he was so they made him off to be some type of super predator where he's never been aggressive towards anyone sometime before this incident though he did lose a son to drowning and i know that he was super depressed but Again, people that knew him said that that he wasn't that type of person. Now, before people get upset and saying, you know, like, oh, we're doing this and that, it turns out that... Oh, you're doing this and that. Yeah, you're doing this or that, saying all this stuff. Yeah. Lisa turns out to be a prostitute who was well-known in the celebrity community, but she had trouble with the law, and she was, like, well-known for, like, doing some shady things, apparently. So they think that Lisa had her pimp outside the window waiting for the pants with the $5,000 in it. Not only that, but the officer manager apparently had a very long criminal history as well. Not only did Bertha have a long criminal history, it was said that she was part of the mafia or the mob. Like she was someone with some type of status. There were also rumors that Bertha was the actual pimp of Lisa and was on it. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a damn, right? It's a, yeah, yeah, I'm a damn. But so before Reddit, they just had like newspapers and stuff, and everyone <laughs> was just freaked out. There's a lot of musicians freaked out, including people like Elvis Presley. There was a conspiracy that Ellen. Ellen Klein was the one who actually had Sam Cooke killed. This was because the whole thing with the music company, but people said that 
that's probably unlikely because he didn't have that kind of power, even though he was key in the reasons on why the Beatles broke up. I don't know. Alan Alan Klein did have a lot of money, though. The black community had this whole conspiracy idea that they thought the music industry saw that Sam was starting to become too prominent and too powerful in the black community in the music industry and had to be taken out. And this idea, this conspiracy was also backed by Elvis Presley, who thought the same exact thing. So it resonated with a lot of different people. And this is before Elvis died tweeting on a toilet, right? Yeah. (laughs) So at the end of the day, Sam not only lost his life, but he also lost, lost everything that he built. His entire empire was pretty much taken from him. Being a black man in America, especially during that time, sucked. I mean, I think it still sucks, but for him and people that grew up around these times in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, 80s, it was even worse. So fast forwarding a little bit after he died, there were nearly 200,000 people that came to pay respects to respects and condolences when he died. They had an open casket and they had like a plexiglass over his body. People including Muhammad Ali. So more conspiracies around that was that they think his death death was what caused the riots, the Watts riots in 65. There's also this whole conspiracy with his death and a lot of things that happened around his death. Some think that there was a lot more because Medgar Evers and Malcolm X were murdered and shot down not long after that. Well, Malcolm X was shot down not not long after that, and it's crazy. What I think is beautiful, though, about Sam was that along with the people that he was with, he always stood up or injustice it's all in his music it's wild if you haven't listened to sam cook you should listen to sam cook they they stood up for you know being treated as inferior this is a beautiful thing because i think it has helped mold who we are as black people and continuing the fight against injustice and just to be seen as equal to this day i still think or it to this day people still think that this was some type of government in, government inside job. They think that the government had something to do with it along with the mob all tied in. It's really crazy. They think that you know even the district attorney knew what was going to happen and it's so wild and it's something to think about. Check out Sam Cook and check out like the circumstances behind his death. And that's my case. But before I actually go, I wanted to close with I want people to realize and recognize the impact that these black figures had in shaping the privilege that, you know, I feel like we have now with Bros and Murder to be able to, yeah, like we're able to talk about these types of cases. We're able to talk about like injustices that black people and people of color have to go through. There have been so many people that have come before us that sacrificed their lives just so we can be seen as an equal today. And I can tell you from my experience, living day to day as a black man in a white world can be so tiring. 
it's so detrimental to like my psyche at times and I often find it difficult to have the energy to try to educate people especially my white peers and colleagues on why some things are okay and not okay I shouldn't have to do that because I didn't yeah. come with a fucking handbook on how to be white how to be a good white ally like I don't fucking know say emotional something emotional labor is draining which is yeah. why bang that cash app if you want me to <laughs> but I, I think if we could learn to treat each other with dignity and respect it would be so much easier so if you're listening please have conversations with your inner circles and try to get them to see why they should change like all it takes is one one seed to be planted and if you're talking about why black people and people of color need to be seen as people and if they're thinking about that at the end of the night you have already planted a seed and it's already growing so thank you and i hope robert has something weird to say something weird to say oh no yeah <laughs> so yeah it's time for robert's weird of the week weird so before we get totally off of Sam Cooke, I, I took down some notes because I 100% will check out Sam Cooke. I have not heard his music before. But when we started off the the, the, the story, I was trying to think in my head. When you listen to him. Oh, I do love a good cry. So I appreciate that. Uh, when we started the conversation. lyrics are so sad. I was uh, in my mind trying to think like, okay, was it a mob hit? Was it government hit? Was it, you know, jolted lover or something, something. And like, I just had this like aha moment, like halfway through. I'm like, it was all three. Everything was connected. They were all working together. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> uh, that one, that was a journey. So my case is from the 80s. 1988 is when the arrests took place, um, but the crimes and alleged crimes were years before that as well. Uh, it centers around this character, Lawrence E. King Jr. Larry King, not related to the television guy at all. Larry King Jr. was a black Republican in Nebraska. He was from Omaha, and in Omaha, he was in charge of what was the Franklin Credit Union. I say was in charge because the Franklin Credit Union is now defunct. It is gone, all as a result of King's management of it. So it no longer was. It was was. Yes, it was. Past tense was. Uh, so... Everyone kind of knew that something was up because King reportedly made only $16,000 a year. Okay. Um, which, you know, that's not a lot of money to like live on at all, but he drove incredibly expensive cars. He owned multiple homes. He threw lavish parties. He spent over $10,000 a month on limousines some months. Uh, he was shucking and jiving for that. There wasn't he was on, yeah. He was on that RNS, bro. So people kind of like often talked about like, oh, I wonder where all that money's coming from. Uh, he must just be like really thrifty making that $16,000 stretch. <laughs> but it, it was one of those things that like the community, everybody joked about because it was just so blatant and it just became this well-known thing that like clearly something criminal is going on there, but what are we going to do about it? And you can probably guess that all of this money was coming from the credit union. So the credit union was a part of a mostly minority uh, neighborhood in northern Omaha. So all of the money that was getting channeled in there, not only for members of the community, but also from uh, politicians who donated money to boost the black community in Omaha, 
was actually all getting channeled directly into King's discretionary funds. And he was eventually uh, charged with uh, 40 counts, which included conspiracy, mail fraud, wire fraud, bank fraud, credit union embezzlement, making false entries in credit union records, and filing false tax returns. And none of that God is damn. too he, crazy. He was busy. But it starts to get a little bit crazy. That RNS, because, bro. Like, he was on that RNS. <laughs> so he, all said and done, he got away with about $38 million, close to $40 million that he stole from his community, funds that were supposed to help his community taken. So naturally, he got charges brought up to him. So that's where the Republicans come back in. He was so well connected. <laughs> he, he was he threw parties, and at those parties, often you had very wealthy people as well as like political figures, especially those in the Republican Party. When he was brought in on charges, he delayed his trial twice, I believe. He was then sent to a mental health institution to evaluate whether or not he could stand trial. Bitch, and you're smart enough to like swoop a lot of money out of from people. You're smart. You're embezzling yeah. funds and committing tax fraud. Bitch, yeah, I think you can do stand that? trial. Like, I need to learn how to embezzle because also <laughs> I just want to add this in. Also, let me just add this in. Democrats ain't shit either. Either one of y'all shit. So. <laughs> ain't shit. But after the he was chosen to fit to stand trial and he took a plea bargain so instead of the 40 counts that he originally was charged with uh, he pled to i think four four of those counts <laughs> and which reduced the sentence down to 15 years which still a sizable amount of time but it's far cry from 40 counts of all this conspiracy it gets even darker though because eventually we have three people, three primary people that come forward to testify against him. We have Troy Bonner, Paul Bonacci, and Alicia Owen. So these are three people who all come forward with these uh, kind of fantastical accounts of uh, sexual trafficking that was involved with these parties, these political parties. They talked about themselves being involved with this trafficking and sexual abuse at the hands of not only Lawrence King Jr., but also his political friends. Oh, my. Um, and at the time, they were all, you know, below the age of consent. They were not, like, uh, sex workers necessarily. There's, like, um, some Epstein shit going on. Yes, exactly, exactly. There was also another man who came forward. Uh, he did not testify, but he was interviewed uh, indirectly in relation to this kind of pedophilia ring that King was being accused of, the guy was named Rusty Nelson, who was a former employee of King, and he stated in an interview, King hired me to take pictures of adults and children in compromising positions. The pictures showed who the adults were and who the kids were. I gathered that the purpose was blackmail and it was political. The content of the pictures and the events surrounding them would be an instant end to a politician's career. So you have people who are talking about, you know, he hired me to take photos of these children for politics, blackmail, whatever. You have three people who come forward and say, we were some of those children that were involved with the sex trafficking. There is a council that's put together to investigate these things, and they find that it's a hoax. They think it's, a, it's all an elaborate hoax, and there was no trafficking going on at all. Uh, and it was just the financial crimes. The part of that that makes me feel suspicious or start to get a little bit paranoid is 
if I think about the people that were in that room, you have the child victim, the person who organized the event, and the people who would have been harmed if information came out about it. And the people who would have been harmed are incredibly powerful. And, you know, they control the DA and the judges. And mm -hmm. they put together that council who's going to review whether or not these accusations have any water. And not only did their uh, testimonies get thrown out, Alicia Owen was convicted on eight counts of perjury and was sentenced to three to five years. So we can't really say that those three people that came forward were truly involved because their testimony was were thrown out, but under suspicious circumstances. And there was the most recent legal action that took place in relation to this was in 2000. The Paul Bonanucci or Bonacci, he had a lawsuit that was still pending against King to the tune of a million dollars for pain and suffering involved with the sexual abuse. And it was originally struck down by a court and then there was an appeal process involved. And for that to continue, King had to file some legal documents to continue with the appeal, but he chose to not do that, which resulted in uh, a default on the lawsuit, which essentially means that the million dollars is owed to this person. So it's not necessarily an admission of guilt, but because he did not continue the legal process, he's kind of on the hook. So it's one of those things where he didn't say he did it, but he's not gonna continue to defend himself in court about it. And we're oh, left shit. with, he got some time for stealing $40 million and he's paid back like, I think less than $1,000 of that money to the community. Is he, is he still alive? Uh, I believe so. I, I, I wasn't able to find any obituary. He need his old ass ass beat, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if you read some of the testimonies, they do seem incredibly strange. They go into like, talking about like satanism and you know crazy sacrifices and things going on like that which just doesn't seem realistic but when i think of like my perception of corrupt politicians it is you know huge parties where they engage in it with like sex workers some of whom may be underage like that is not crazy to me again no. look at the whole epstein shit yes i didn't watch the whole epstein stuff uh oh, i get so uncomfortable i was talking with my baby sister about it and she said it made her so mad. She just... I mean, she's sick. Like, she said she was just fucking livid the whole time. Yeah. So, Lawrence King Jr., bad dude, preyed on his community, then preyed on marginalized people within his community, potentially, um, all for money and Republican power. That's so fucking weird. Black Republicans, they're a different breed. I mean, look at Candace Owens. Bitch. Look at the hot dry ass edges. The, the husk queen. <laughs> she always looks dry. <laughs> need to she need yeah, she needs some fucking edge control. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was our conspiracy episode. Uh what do you have to plug? Alright, so we have coming up for plugs. Uh we're doing some bracelets. The little wooden style one that you saw on the gram. We're going to be making some more of those for the show. So look out for that. You know, we got vids on the grams. Check out the notes for uh, merch and links to donate. Battle, do you have anything to plug? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything to plug. Robert, you got anything to plug? 
Nope, I'm all good. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? what's going on? <laughs> Such a pregnant fall. <laughs> it was like, uh... It looked like, he, <laughs> it looked like he was getting ready to say some shit. Like, you know, know. what? Like, wait, what are you going to say? <laughs> I'm about to spill the tea. <laughs> but yeah, that's the show. I hope you enjoy the music. And, uh... I don't think you said it at I, the beginning, by the way. You said we're bras and murder. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> welcome to Bros of Murder. We do true crime cases, color, <laughs> weird cases, and oddities, and music. Sorry, I didn't say it at the beginning. See ya, family. <laughs> Bye. End recording. End recording.